This week's episode is sponsored by the Breakthrough to Excellence book. This book will help guide the reader through overcoming self-doubt and fear and acquiring professional prosperity. In this book, it takes a deep dive with research, science, and real-life stories of women who courageously push past the fear to conquer their goals. You can find out more at www.breakthroughtoexcellence.com. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I am your host, Jasmine Haley. And for today's episode, I am interviewing Yeti Essien. After overcoming burnout as a former corporate exec, Yeti decided to take charge of her health, reclaim her sparkle, and launch her dream biz. As the chief swagger officer at Edom Spark, she loves empowering rock star women leaders to slay their career and well-being goals in style. And Yeti teaches busy executives how to achieve greater harmony between work and wellness through her executive coaching, a wellness mastermind, and or organizational consulting programs. Her work on social determinants of health has been recognized by the World Health Organization. Yes. Two snaps and a rewind, honey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> much for having me, Jasmine. I am thrilled to be here. You know I could not wait for this conversation. So it's right on time, right on time. Yes. Uh, you know, I have been secretly fangirling and Yeti from the very first time that she snatched my edges in a mastermind conversation. <laughs> so <laughs> she called me out, y'all. I was like, excuse? <laughs> The feeling is mutual, Jasmine, okay? Because you have definitely held my feet to the fire on several occasions. So it is all good. All love. Yes. Uh, Y'all, when y'all follow her, please go follow her. She's going to share her links at the end of this. But you have the most beautiful energy. You know, just that's just you. You've been blessed, okay? And you can see that in the work that you do. So I cannot wait to dive in to who Yeti is, and why you've decided to do what you do today. So my very first question is, tell me what your journey has been like, especially for you jumping into this world of entrepreneurship and like the catalyst for that change for you and why you do what you do. Absolutely. So I appreciate I appreciate the introduction. And, you know, you say I have this amazing energy, right? A lot of folks say, I love your energy. I love your energy. But the reality is I have not always had this energy. Okay. I have not always had this energy because ironically, when I was at the height of my corporate executive career, you know, I was killing the game. 
killing the game, um, doing really well, professionally speaking, in the health and wellness industry, my health was at an all-time low, okay? So I was experiencing a lot of random things, like my hair was falling out, right? It was falling out in clumps. I had these heart palpitations that were keeping me up at night, and I had this really bad knee pain. So here I am, busy, professional, on the go, trying to run to catch a flight in the airport, in the airport, and I'm being slowed down, right? I'm not able to, you know, move with the speed I want to, you know, be chasing my career goals. And of course, you know, you would think this is enough to sort of, you know, stop your in your tracks and say something's got to give. But no, who has time for that? I kept on hustling, kept on hustling on my ground until I one day walked past the mirror. And I caught a glimpse of my reflection and I realized that I had lost the sparkle in my eyes. You know, it was like the lights were on, but nobody was home. And so Mm. if you have ever been through any experience like grief or trauma or anything like that, you know how hard it is to remember what lights you up again, you know? So for me, um, what really pushed me over the edge was getting laid off. So when I got laid off, I was like, at least, you know, most people will say, at least I have my health. I did not have that. Right. So I had to really have a come to Jesus moment and say, okay. you know, what has got to change? Something, something ain't right, right here. You know, what has to change to get me from where I am today to where I want to be? And so I had to look in the mirror and start overhauling things. You know, I had to overhaul my wellness, rebuild it from the ground up. You know, I put a dream team in place around me to say, you know, how do I uh, start to move differently? How do I start to really care for and nurture myself? What really lights me up, you know? And when I sort of got on that path to transforming my health, that's when I lost 50 pounds. That's when I regained the sparkle in my eye. And that's when I said, you know what? I'm launching my dream company, okay? Because I have to teach other women how to do this, okay? I can't just keep all the good stuff to myself. I have got to teach other women how to reclaim their health, spark their joy, and rock their career. So that's what I'm all about. Mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) You know I'm dramatic, but you know... I love it. (laughs) That speaks so much to me because I am an ambitious woman and I will run myself to the ground for my work and you know to get to a place where you're having migraines your body is trying to signal you that something's wrong and when I ignored those migraines then the gastrointestinal pain would happen and then it got so bad it rocked me to the point where I couldn't even walk and then there was one instance where I had debilitating hip pain my husband had to help me be able to sit down and use the bathroom. Okay. Now I've never shared that publicly until right now. And can you imagine going to the emergency room or urgent care and to the doctor and, and and they're telling you that everything looks good. Everything is fine. Y'all. There are too many of us walking around here like literal zombies and completely dead on the inside. Like you said, you were you're like your empty shell. And and it's a it's a crisis. I mean, this is the reason why the World Health Organization 
now is talking about workplace burnout. Now they're identifying it. They have classified it as a condition because it's it's an epidemic. Let the people know, Jasmine. Let the people know. I, I will let them. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because like it's like it's it's terrible. It didn't click. It took me two years after the death of my mother to finally say, okay, that's enough. Because she died prematurely. She had chronic illnesses that all stems from chronic stress, not healing from trauma, not getting a chance to live a fulfilled life. You know, like it runs deep, y'all. And so now for me... And for many other people, when our parents aren't able to heal from their things, they pass it on to us. And then we have to deal with, and that stuff is genetics, y'all. Epigenetics, look it up. <laughs> look up Dr. Nadine Burt when it comes to adverse childhood experiences. And it's it's a big, big issue. So I love, I absolutely love that you teach. I probably should join your program. <laughs> telling you this right now. <laughs> because it's a, still a struggle. It's a struggle especially if you have a natural inclination to run yourself all the way down. The struggle is real. And, you know, you said, can you imagine going to the ER? Yes, I can imagine because it happened to me. Okay. I was traveling, you know, for work as I did, you know, always in the air here, there and everywhere, jet setting and living that, you know, road runner lifestyle. And uh, I found myself in an ER in a random city, you know, I found myself in an ER in a random city. I was not feeling well. Thankfully, my coworker BFF, you know, came with me to the to the ER and they ran all the tests. They ran all the tests and everything came back peachy, right? Everything came back normal. They couldn't find, you know, the root of what was going on. And, and you know, I think where you and I overlap is we have that experience in common of losing our moms, right? We, mm-hmm. we both have that experience. I remember losing my mom my senior year in college. She was diagnosed, you know, with cancer. Uh, was misdiagnosed because she didn't have the normal risk factors you would, had never smoked. And so they thought it was pneumonia. So by the time they actually intervened, it was too late for any meaningful medical intervention. And so when I lost her, that sort of lit a fire in me to say, how do I transform a broken healthcare system? How do I fix a broken healthcare system so that nobody else has to have this experience again, of not having their voice heard when they're in pain, you know? And so when I went through that experience, spent 20 years in the industry, really, you know, trying to change the game in healthcare. And then when I started experiencing my own health issues, I said, oh, no, this is not about healthcare as a system. This is about transforming health, okay? The absence of illness is not wellness, okay? I'm going to take it back. The absence of illness is not wellness. That is the industry that I served for so many years. Healthcare is primarily a sick care system, right? Yes. It's about disease management or illness, you know, management. And, and so, or the prevention of death. But it doesn't mean that if you lack illness, that you are well or healthy or thriving or flourishing. And so when I started to change the game in wellness, I wanted to talk about what does it mean to flourish and thrive? You know, mm. what does it mean to sort of really live my best life, not on the gram, but in the day to day, you know, as I'm building my empire, as I'm, you know, spending time with my loved ones, that's what I'm talking about is what does it mean to fully thrive? And so it was really important to me to create a space where women of every shape, shade, and size 
could truly thrive, right? That they understand what is available to them. They know how to flip the script on their wellness, right? We may not have learned it from our mothers. This is not your mama's wellness, okay? Mm -hmm. We are rewriting the narrative. We are flipping the script and we are redefining wellness on our own terms. What does it mean to have it all? Mm. Man, like Oprah says, that was a tweetable. Uh, can you let's go back? <laughs> you got to say that again. <laughs> what did you say again? Let's say that one more time for the people in the back. When you said when it came to illness, what is it not like? It's not yeah. uh, the absence of illness is not wellness. The absence of illness is not wellness. Y'all, mm. that is deep. Because you, and when you said just because someone doesn't have an illness right now does not mean that they actually have wellness. And that's so true. That's so true. And I love what you're doing because you really are changing the game. One of the things that um, we've talked about this off, off uh, the podcast, you had mentioned someone said, I'm just, I'm coming to you. I want to learn about wellness one because you're not some size zero blonde hair you know nothing nothing against those with blonde hair but you know that is the image that's portrayed and and yet no one understands that I can go to the gym seven days a week right and I can go and be like (gasps) you know pumped up you know eat like all the stuff you know that you're supposed to eat do all the things right but still be jacked up on the inside internally and also physically. So, you know, it's a Band-Aid. It's, it's, not, it's not even a prevention-based system, honestly. Yes, you said prevention of death, but it's still not preventing, like, the root of one of our, our issues. That's why it's like mind, body, spirit that true holistic approach. It's very holistic. And, you know, I was born bodacious and loquacious. Okay. I'm just going to put that out there. I was born <laughs> bodacious and loquacious. Okay. So <laughs> and I actually have a little spin on that. I call it mind, body, swagger. Okay. Mind, body, swagger. It's all about leveling up that mindset. Okay. Uh, really embodying your goals and rocking your unique swagger. So you got to, you know, Really think about it um, more holistically, right? So what does it mean to be well? And so this is rooted in research, right? I love, you know, you talked about the World Health Organization designating burnout as, as, as a condition, right? And classifying it as such. And so I really look at holistically, wellness holistically and talk about nine essentials of total health. Nine essentials of total health. So when we think about wellness, we immediately go to physical health. We got to eat less and move more. Everybody trying to, you know, get it right and tight, right? But they they think about physical health in a very narrow definition. And what we've come to learn over the years is, okay, maybe mind, body, spirit, right? Mental health and spiritual health have something to do with that health equation. But things that we would not consider um, as traditional definitions of wellness, like career satisfaction, for example, uh, our financial stability, okay? You talk about f- feeling anxious at night if you're, you know, up at night worrying about the growth of your business or taking care of a of a family, right? That financial stability influences how well we feel. Our social connections, right? So, you know, sitting in the midst of a pandemic and feeling socially isolated, right? Loneliness 
as a risk factor for health is actually um, greater than certain things like smoking, for example, right? Ooh, wow. Greater than the risk that you have from smoking in terms of the impact on your health. So that social connection, those close relationships, those are fundamental and integral to our overall being. And then finally, meaningful purpose and playful living, right? Who are we? What are we on this earth to do? What is the impact we want to have in the world? And then how do we find and spark our own joy, right? These are all facets that have to influence how well we feel that is rooted in um, research on social determinants of health, you know, at the Harvard School of Public Health. And so I empower women in leadership, rock star women in leadership, to really understand where are their opportunities for growth? What do they need to focus in on? And what do they need to prioritize? Because everybody comes to me talking about work-life balance. I do not believe in balance, okay? I do not believe in balance. It is work-life harmony, right? How do you create a fluid way to integrate all the aspects of your life? I'm not going to stop being ambitious and neither should you, okay? So if we're not going to stop being ambitious, how do we find a way, all right, to make the plan flex to us rather than making our life bend to the plan? So that's really the the work that I do with women. And it's it's been exciting. It's been a really fun ride. I love that. I love that so much because that resonates with me. Um, I used to say probably like a year ago that I didn't really believe in balance. I just felt like, you prioritize your needs and and you make it work around what is most important to you. And I like your reframe of that, of thinking about it as harmony, because that makes sense. And I remember when, you know, I had a conversation with my husband, he's Caribbean. So most people who are Caribbean or African descent, um, I'm not talking about those who are here in the U S by me, I'm talking about immigrants current immigrants right now not saying that i'm not an immigrant you know what i'm saying right i mean talk about somebody that right now (laughs) when the last 10 years have come to this country they have a very deep culture of what's expected out of women more so than what i've seen from americans and you know for him it was hard for him to understand me with my ambition because his mother pretty much stayed home and raised those six kids, right? While his de- and cooked and clean, right? And I love when you said that a part of wellness is accepting like who you are. I've always been ambitious. I I was one of those students that they said, "Kay, can I copy your homework?" No, you cannot. <laughs> I'm going to get my A. <laughs> And you're going to take several seats. You ain't taking my stuff, right? (laughs) And getting the awards and things like, I remember my sixth grade year, they were hating on me because I got all these awards, but I loved it. Like I loved school. It's always been in me. Right. And I, as I, and I, and I struggled with that when I had my kids and the expectations of my husband. And when I got severely depressed and I got anxious, it was because I was denying my innate natural inclination. And, 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 and why I mention that is because I feel that when you don't honor who you naturally are, it's a life or death situation. And I feel it when I don't. So I have to find that harmony, like you said, and really be okay with being who I am. And not let societal norms or cultural norms dictate that for me. But it's not an easy decision to make, though. 
because the pressures are strong. So powerful. You know, I am a child of immigrants, um, a child of immigrants. Both my parents um, grew up in Nigeria. They came to the States for their education, to pursue their education. Then they married and settled down and uh, raised a family. And so, you know, I often feel like I'm walking between two worlds, right? I'm walking between two worlds and having an understanding of, you know, what it means to look at the world through the lens of the other, right? To be able to view the world through the lens of the other. And as I sort of have come into my own career-wise, you know, launching my dream business, I realized how much my identity was shaping the business, right? What was my special sauce? What was what does it mean to be an authentic leader, right? How do I infuse my culture, my values, my mission, my purpose, my identity to really shape the impact and influence that I'm able to have in the world? And so I work with women to do that in my career swagger program. I work with them to really define their identity, to really understand, you know, authentically, you know, um, the unique and individual contributions they have to make in the world, and then to really use that identity as fuel to inform their swagger, right? So what does it mean to really own your identity, own your personal brand, and leverage that to really grow um, your career? And so it's been a really fun experience of getting to know all the unique stories. And a lot of times we think about our, our our identity or our contributions and work as a resume. This is not a resume, right? This is not about a resume at all in terms of a collection of skills. This is about who we are, what we've had to overcome, right? The impact that we've made through the roles that we've carried. And so it's been really fun to be able to work with and support women as they're defining their unique identity in the world. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, um, it's actually interesting to see how you mentioned like our business is really shaped around like who we are. And that's so true. Like if we don't take care of ourselves or if we don't even take the time to get to know ourselves, your business is going to flounder anyway. Right. So I think that was deep for you to actually mention that um, because I think that's really the critical, that's actually the first step in my program is to, um, I actually name it after Birdman. I don't know if you uh, saw his interview on um, the Breakfast Club. Okay. Well, if you go on YouTube, you listen. You need to check it out. <laughs> That's gonna be on my homework. Because <laughs> Birdman came into the interview and he was like, "Put some respect on my name. Oh, Put some yeah. respect on my name, right?" <laughs> and so I named my module "Put some respect." On your name, right? Because uh-huh. <laughs> you got to know who you are. Like, you got to be so sure of it and and understand, like, how that plays a role in your decision-making, what you do in your life, like, all of that stuff mm-hmm. to really build a business and have that swagger, like you, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Instead of treating it like, oh, this is so... I, I'm not accepting of myself. I'm, I'm, I know who I am. Like, I know I'm extra sometimes, mm-hmm. right? I've always been. Okay. And I've had a hard time kind of accepting that for a long time, you know? Well, you know, we're co-presidents of the hashtag team too much club. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we were like, oh, you know, I'm not enough. No, we know we are too much. Okay. We're we're trying to rein it all in. Trying to rein it all in. (laughs) You know what? You know, that's so, I love that. I love it. You know, there was, um, T.D. Jakes had said something to Oprah. Because Oprah is an auntie in my head, and so is Dr. Maya Angelou. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And she, he had said, sometimes you are a gallon sized person mm. being raised by pint sized people, mm. meaning that they don't have the capacity mm -hmm. to fill you mm. up the way you need. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was my life. So instead of being encouraged to step into my extraness, you know, I was labeled as bad. Um, I was labeled as like all of these negative terms that I internalized mm -hmm. as an adult and really had to break free, and, free of that for me to be the best person and entrepreneur I could be. Mm -hmm. And so all of those things that they always hating on, oh, you, you do things too quick or you do this or you do that is the same things that's making me write my first book, you know, grow a six figure business, mm -hmm. graduate from college, mm -hmm. only kid of my mother's children out of six, you know, she wasn't able to do it. My dad didn't. So like all that extraness was the fire inside of me that should have been embraced yeah. that's why i ain't calling y'all yeah it's all about that fight and you know i think in many ways we are taught to shrink when what we really want to do is expand yeah it wasn't embraced yeah yeah in my family okay i was you know i wasn't pumped up to be empowered about who i am mm -hmm. and who i've always been mm -hmm. i was labeled as more of a you know, you need to fix X, Y, and Z. So let's talk about kind of detoxing yourself from your work. Um, I think that's important because many of the entrepreneurs that are here actually have nine to fives and I'm actually okay with it. I, I feel like you can make your business how you see fit. Absolutely. So I think one of the biggest pieces here is once you know who you are, you know who you are not, right? So you know who you are not. What you're not about to do, right, is sacrifice your health for your ambitions. And that's really what my core philosophy is, which is that you do not have to sacrifice your health for your ambitions because there is harmony between work and wellness. But what that requires is for all of us to really reimagine what that looks like, right? What does it mean to prioritize my wellness, you know, as I'm sort of chasing those big, bold, hairy, audacious career goals? So I think it really starts with healthy boundaries, right? Setting healthy boundaries with work in terms of really prioritizing where we focus our energy, right? High impact um, activities? Where are we focusing our energy? And so a lot of times when you are type A overachiever, you know, you're on team too much, right? You're, you're really driven and ambitious. We can want to have a little bit of that superwoman syndrome, right? Where we want to sort of uh, save the world, right? We're out there saving the world, running the world, and we forget that we need to save ourselves. And so it can be very challenging for us to ask for help. But one of the first things that I do um, with clients, once we have a clear sense of where they're heading in their career is we, we help them figure out how to assemble a dream team, right? So how do you assemble a dream team that really can help you propel your ambitions forward? That in the context of work looks like, you know, delegating, you know, we got to figure out how to delegate. We're playing at the top of our game. Like who do we have where we can, you know, um, leverage to help us deliver um, excellent work, right? We're talking about breaking through to excellence. If that's in the context of our personal lives, that looks like 
coaches, right? I had a personal trainer that I engaged to say, how do I get my fitness game together, right? It's It means asking for help, knowing that you don't have to go it alone, knowing that you can leverage a team around you that ensures that you are positioning yourself to shine. And so really that piece of creating healthy boundaries with work is what sets the stage for success. It positions you so that you're able to really advance and break through to that next level. So a lot of times what folks don't realize is that the skills that got you to this point, the skills that got you to this level are not necessarily the same skills that are going to take you to the next level. So you talked about being in a corporate environment and transitioning into entrepreneurship as a lot of your entrepreneurs in this community are currently experiencing, right? So the skills that made you successful in a corporate environment look very different than the skills that will make you successful as an entrepreneur. And you've got to be able to not just unlearn the things that no longer serve you, but create space and room so that you can learn new skills that will propel you to that next level. So detoxing your relationship with work is all about, you know, really figuring out how you assemble that deep, that dream team, create healthy boundaries, and then figure out what skills that you need to let go of and what skills that you need to acquire in order to really level up your game. I love that. I love that. Um, because it, it, it actually... Um, seems also like in alignment with the fact that, you know, sometimes when people are like looking at their, their strengths and, and where they are going to head next, they're always like, well, I'm weak here. I'm weak there. I'm weak here, you know? And, and I don't view that. I don't view it like that anymore. I feel like for me, there's things that I'm really, really, really great at and awesome at. Um, and in the areas where I, may not have a natural inclination to, it's going to take a little bit longer for me to be able to um, do that type of work. And instead of feeling like I need to be all, I can be all things to everyone, I'm going to outsource and delegate that. And I feel like there's so much power in accept, being accepting of that and and seeing that you actually come out as a stronger leader. You actually will come out winning more when you learn to to evaluate yourself that way and not take it as a reason for your lack. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like not take it as a negative. Absolutely. Towards you. Absolutely. I'm a big believer in playing to your strengths, right? I'm a big believer in playing to your strengths because that's where you find the alignment, right? Where there's a disconnect. Like if you're in a job you hate, you're in a toxic job. A lot of people think corporate environments, right? Toxic work environments. We can also have a toxic relationship to our work as entrepreneurs. So if we are not spending time doing things that light us up, right? If we are not spending time doing work that is aligned to who we are, the mission that we have, um, and, and the purpose that we're set out to achieve in, in our life's work, then that's where you have those feelings, right? Of lack of fulfillment, discontent, not being happy, not finding our joy, not feeling fulfilled in the work that we're doing, really. Um, And so that ability to really identify what our strengths are to play to them and then figure out how to round out a dream team where you can fill in those gaps, that is so powerful in in terms of being able to break through to that next level, for sure. So for someone that is ready to do that right now, um, can you give them like two tips two things that they can actually implement today to start the process? Yeah. So two things that you can implement today to start the process on detoxing your relationship to work is a keep a journal, right? 
keep a journal um, for a week or so and start to really track your energy levels. A lot of times we do this in the context of um, eating, right? We talk about emotional eating. We're like, okay, when you were eating or craving that snack, how did you feel? Do this in the context of your work, okay? Go through a given week and see where you are spending your time. What of those activities is lighting you up? And what are those activities would you rather be gouging your eyes out doing, right? So that sort of gives you a baseline understanding of where, you know, things are lighting you up. And this is not just in the context of that nine to five. This is also the time that you're spending outside of work, right? So a lot of times if we're not getting what we need from work, we are finding a way to fulfill that in other areas, whether that's hobbies, whether that is, you know, time that we're spending with family and friends, whether that is volunteering, you know, in our local communities. And so there are many ways to light yourself up, but you got to figure that out, right? For me, when I found myself laid off, I realized, wow, I don't have any hobbies, right? I wasn't, you know, I had neglected my friends and family, you know, as I was chasing success. And so you really got to think about this holistically to understand and identify ways where you can begin to fill your cup back up as you are trying to sort of um, decrease the amount of activities that are currently draining you. So the whole game plan here, here is from how to go to creating sustainable, healthy habits that really empower you to achieve greater harmony between work and wellness. And that first step of detoxing your work relationship begins with identifying where you're spending your time, how to improve the value and impact of that time, and figuring out how you know to really ensure that what you're doing is what is really lighting you up. I love that. I love that. And it, it requires a huge measure of honesty too. Like yes, yes. you've got to be honest with yourself now. Like, and, and, you know, some of us have a hard time talking to oneself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we tend to, and I've, I've been guilty of this, keeping myself so busy mm-hmm. just so I don't have to deal with myself. Yes. And that's a whole nother episode, honestly, because there's a, there's a reason for that. There's something in there in which we protect ourselves sometimes with our busy work mm-hmm. to avoid that. So I love those pointers that you shared. And um, of course, if anyone wants to dive deeper with that and really get a strategic plan, and yet he's the person for you. So I have one last question for you. And I would be curious. I can't wait to hear what your response is. So if we're going back to the very first year that you started your business and Yeti, what is one piece of advice you would give yourself? If I had to go back to the very first year I started my business, I would say the piece of advice I would give myself is to surrender, to surrender. You know, when I, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur because, you know, I'd gotten laid off. So I just thought, you know, I'll start a blog and then I'll get a real job, right? Who hasn't heard this story before? A corporate executive gets laid off, starts a blog, lives happily. <laughs> so, so that was my game plan. But I felt this nudge within me. I felt this tugging within me that was calling me to step forward, right? It was calling me to sort of really put myself out there in a way. I saw that my professional experience and my personal transformation journey, they were starting to converge and that there was really a a business there as I started talking with more people that had similar experiences to my own. And I resisted that initially, right? I didn't take myself seriously. I thought, you know, this is just, this doesn't make sense, right? It makes much more sense for me to get a safe and traditional job. But as I 
went down the path and I allowed myself to surrender, that is when the opportunities started to unfold. That is when I got greater clarity and greater alignment in terms of really what I was being called to do. And so I think that the advice I would give myself would be to surrender. This is very hard when you are a planner, right? Like you talk about strategic planning. I'm a trained strategist. So I like, we like to check off boxes. I like to check those boxes. I am a certified box checker. Okay. And I love, (laughs) I've always, you know, throughout my career, I've been like, okay, I'm here. I got to get promoted. What do I need to do? Got to go back to school, get a graduate degree, you know, so I'm always planning out my next steps. And so this was the first time where I really allowed myself to be open to possibilities. I allowed myself to be more joyful in the exploration. I allowed myself to really um, not be in control in a way and to surrender to the process. And so I would say, if you are, in many cases, I say I'm my toughest boss, the toughest boss I've ever had, right? If you are having a difficult time really um, fully embracing the process one step um, that I would give as a piece of advice would be to surrender, surrender and know that you have everything within you that you need in order to succeed. And it first starts with trusting yourself, trusting yourself and honoring that you were created for such a time as this and that you were put for me, I say I've been put on this planet to help my clients win. And I know that, you know, you are the most valuable player in the game of life. And so I want, you know, all of your listeners to know that as well is to really commit to that and to surrender to the process and trust that you will succeed, right? It starts all in that mindset. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Yeti. All right. Please let the listeners know how they can get in contact with you, the programs that you offer, all of that. Yeah. So to learn more about our Career Swagger program or Edem Spark community, visit us online at edemsparklife.com. That's I-D-E-M sparklife.com. That's I-D-E-M sparklife.com. Or you can find us on Instagram. That's at Edem Spark at I-D-E-M Spark on Instagram. And would love for you to come and hang out with us because we have a ton of fun. So can't wait. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you so much. And Yeti, it's been such a pleasure um, having you on the show, getting the chance to share your story, but most importantly, um, learning from you. Thank you for having me, Jasmine. I loved today's conversation. I know you're always going to give me a run for my money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait to see, you know, where, uh, you know, these conversations lead us. Cause I think it's so much inspiration we get, you know, when we are able to really surround ourselves by positive and powerful women. So I'm just honored to be able to spend some time in your company today. Oh, thank you. Thanks for tuning into the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.